If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. I want to start this week's episode by saying a thank you for making this podcast part of your routine. Now, there's thousands of podcasts out there, and it means a lot to me that you choose me as your coach and as your mentor. So I have an invitation for you today. If you like my philosophies and you're ready to join a group of people who are growing and taking action towards financial freedom and fulfillment, then hop on a call with someone on my team at rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call to find out how we can help you achieve those goals. Trying it alone is something I tried, but trying it with others accelerates the journey toward your success. You don't have to do it all alone. We are there to help. So will you take the next step? All you have to do is say yes, and let's get started. Welcome back to a special edition of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life, featuring our whole life millionaires. And today we have a couple that have gone through the program and have done incredibly well. Well, Welcome the Sopranis, Lindsay and Steve. Thanks, Rock. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. So one of the first things that we, we like to reminisce on is what was life like before M1? So who wants to have a crack at that? Ladies first. All right. So prior to M1, um, Steve was a teacher. I was a new entrepreneur, um, just going out on my own in real estate with a real estate team. And I had already had a consulting business that um, where I was spending all of my time and trading time for money. Um, and so we, we were working really hard, not making a ton of money, living in our first little house and um, had just had our first child slash second child. And so we, uh, life looked, I feel like normal for most people, right, Rock? Um, that was, yeah. You know, he had the teacher salary. It increased regularly every year. Um, and I was, you know, doing what I could to supplement that. And so um, had the health insurance covered by him, but pretty normal standard life prior to M1. And were you like working regular hours? Were you burning the candle at both ends? How were you taking care of your health and fitness? Yeah. So that's a great question because no, I was burning the candle at both ends. So I, you know, I was a full-time mommy as well and we had young kids. So I was, you know, trying to figure that piece out until I got them into daycare, even once they were in daycare, right. I was still, you know, dropping them off, picking them up, trying to fit everything that I could in for the work day into that. And then at night I would literally sit there and, you know, work until probably one o'clock in the morning, just pumping out as much as I could. And then I'd go to sleep, wake up again at, you know, six o'clock in the morning and, and do the whole thing over. And so my health actually really suffered when you first met me. Um, I was 50 some pounds heavier than I am right now and just um, not able to function properly. So not in a great place. And how about you, Steve? Were you, you know, crushing it, running marathons and stuff and lots of time off? Or what were you doing, filling in the gaps? How, how did that work? 
Yeah, I mean, I think to, to you know take a page out of kind of what Robert Kiyosaki would say, I, I was just in the employee quadrant. Um, we had a new family. Uh, that was definitely a priority for us as it still is, but that was just keeping us really busy. And I was just, you know, making wages, um, had a pension, had a lot of those things that people are supposed to be excited about. But, um, you know, for me, eventually I hit this point later after meeting you and being involved in M1 where I just realized that there wasn't a lot of fulfillment there. And I was just really, you know, I wasn't punching the clock necessarily because it was a salaried job that was a career, right? But I was definitely not having my my financial bucket filled or I was not really even having career growth that I wanted to see. There just weren't a lot of pathways for me. Um, I loved being a teacher. It was a vocational calling for me in a lot of ways, but um, I wasn't experiencing the kind of growth that I was looking for. So fast forward now a few years, I think, Lindsay, you were in, you were in the very first uh, launch of the Women's Tribe. Uh, it started off as men only, and then we, you know, we expanded, and you were the trailblazer. You were the first woman to become a millionaire. So how, how did, what did you plug into, and what shifted for you, and where are you guys today? Yeah, it's it's interesting. So I um I am also gonna say my claim to fame in in um in M1 is that I was also the top person in my little bracket um most of the time. And I say that because that matters, because I actually did my homework every week. I listened to every single message. I I was like dialed in to you um and to everything that you were teaching. I don't think I missed any of the rise with rocks i mean there was so much content and so many things that were made available to me and i took full advantage of that um because i really wanted to learn i was very hungry and i always tell people that you know i i was in real estate i've been selling real estate for you know i don't know years at that point um ran a real estate team but I really didn't know how to invest in real estate, which I think is ridiculous. Um, right. Most of us are that way, right? We start building this business and we become these people that are you know, busy building businesses. And yet we're not building our own financial wealth and to find deals and to locate them and understand what that was. I mean, we just, we, I really truly didn't get it. And, um, and the mindset was such a big part of that too. I didn't have that mindset. And so I mean, I I always tell people that M1, I feel like, um, came in at the exact right time where it taught me how to be a leader. I mean, I got to learn from gurus that you brought in on video and the leadership series within there. There were so many amazing things. But I think on top of that, just the accountability that came in and that you guys put in place for us um, with like the pods and being able to have people like Steph Wu in there with me and um, Jay Perry and just a lot of these people that came into my life that we all started growing together and we were all moving in the same direction together. Um, and we were all learning the same things together every single right. week. So it truly um, bonded us in a way that I, I mean, they're my best friends now. And so I, you know, there's so many things that happened through that, but I think one of the biggest things for me is that I genuinely dialed in and it made a difference in my life because of that. 
Yeah, you'll get you'll get out what you put in for sure, and yep. it can be a little bit um, robust. But it's about five hours, five solid hours consistently a week, which is probably the challenge, the consistently part. Uh, you also released fifty pounds or so, um, and then um, you've gone on to acquire some real estate properties. How many doors do you guys have now? Uh, you have some Airbnbs and things, right? Yep. How many about seven? Yeah, well, this is our eighth. It's it's funny too, looking back on some of this. Um, you know, when I first started this, again, we had the the typical little uh, you know American home and and family kind of life, and and we're now sitting in a beach house that's bigger than our first home that we bought together, uh, doing this interview with you. So it's it's kind of surreal. Another thing I wanted to comment just on the you know I know that you talk about this and power of your identity, Rock, in your book, but. Um, you know, I think um, when I first joined, there there was like a palpable pain of realizing I wasn't where I wanted to be. And there, there was a big difference between, you know, kind of th those dreams that I wanted uh, and wishing and wanting some of these things that I thought, maybe someday, maybe someday. And then I started realizing as I got more involved in personal development, there was a palpable pain reading Richest Man in Babylon, feeling like that guy that I, I could be this person, but I'm not, right? So a lot of that identity formation really, I think, took took root for us these past few years. And it is weird to be reflective and then sit in this new identity in this new home. Uh, but it was a lot of soul searching, I think, through those years, uh, a lot of risk taking to emerge and sort of shed some skin of an old identity into a new identity. But man, was that worth it. Um, and it was worth every risk that we took. So <clears throat> let me ask you a question. What, what we do in M1 is we help people really become more aware of passive income, what we call horizontal, uh, dial in their health, not just take it for granted. You both have you know upped your game there, lost weight, um, changed your morning routines, being role models as a couple in our community. And why is it so difficult for the person who's not exposed to this conversation to be hypnotized by, you know, what's that? You're good people. You were doing good. You're plugged into good stuff. You know, a teacher, an entrepreneur with a great real estate company, and yet your life was not nearly as abundant as it is today in so many ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, true. So, so for people that are listening to this, they're thinking, "My life is good. It's good. It's not bad." But you guys now are freaking badass entrepreneurs. You both have come into the community as coaches and inspired so many people and helped so many people you've you, you applied yourself and really now if you look like I was uh, interviewing uh, Jenna Sweeney a couple of days ago she became a millionaire uh, six months ago something like that she's now on up to two million yeah. and the reason being is that once we start to hit this trajectory we start to stack and pack the, the cash flowing assets that start to pop two three years later right so Tell, talk to me a little bit about why you think so many people, I'm going to just call it, are asleep or are not making the shift. Hmm. You want to take that one? Yeah, you can go ahead. I'll comment too. I, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing. I truly think that it's about the community. Um, and I think it's about being in accountability with people. Um, when you don't have that, it's so easy to be, you know, sitting around doing nothing. But when you see other people taking it to the next level, 
it does allow you to realize that you can do that, right? It, it gives you permission almost. And I think, um, man, I'm gonna blank on this and both of you guys will know the name. Who was the first guy to run the- Roger Bannister. Roger Bannister. So Rock, you always talk about that. I always forget his name, um, but Roger Bannister, you know, you talk about the fact that, you know, he was able to run that four minute mile and then multiple people did that afterwards. You know, it was that spoke to me so much because I was like, if they can do it, there's no reason why I can't. And it gave me permission to take it to the next level. And it gave me, I think, the guts to try to do it. And that's um, that's the difference. Right. But, you know, you and I are both involved in in other companies where there are lots of really amazing entrepreneurs around us. I mean, I, I think, you know, being around them took me to the next level. But. This was so different. M1 was so different because it was really people taking it to the next level in multiple different businesses in different areas and things that I never thought of, right? Like Airbnb. I mean, that was, I was like, I love Airbnb. I think that's wonderful. How do I make money from it? You guys gave me tangible ways to do that. And Steve and I started to be able to look at everything differently, like our basement, for example, when we were like, okay, we could finish yeah. this to be an Airbnb. We would have never thought of that before. So it's just being around people that are doing things differently and in different arenas that we, um, M1 just, it took us to the next level because of that. That makes so much sense. And we'll get to Steve in a second, but just to put that together, it's almost like the constant conversation day in and day out of, hey, stay on track. Hey, somebody's doing this. Hey, look at that person. And then you're like, well, your brain starts to look, the RAS starts to look for opportunities and right. find them. And then you want to inspire somebody because you were inspired and it just kind of is a snowball effect. Steve? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, to go back to some of your question of, you know, why aren't more people doing this? You know, I, I asked myself that same question and I think um, some of it is just lack of awareness. Uh, some of its lack of resourcefulness on, I think, that individual part. Um, but, you know, at a certain point, I think you just really do have to, to look in the mirror and ask yourself, you know, where am I going here? Um, and are you fulfilling that vision? I mean, I had a vision of, of certain things in my life that I, I was measuring around. I think a lot of times culturally we're looking for that certainty, which, you know, funny to look for that when we're in very uncertain times, right? But I True. think... You know, I started breaking it down in effective ways after I got into M1 and I started thinking more about like, what is the health of my career life? What is the health of my financial life? What is my actual health? And having those resources and tools was just so valuable. And I think when I really did that gut check and I was thinking about like, okay, what is my career life look like right now? And where is that going to be in five years? I just, once I realized there was little excitement of where I would be five years from now, I just asked myself, why am I doing this? And that allowed me, I think, to be a little bit more bold and take more risks because I saw where I was going. So I think having the resources to tap into your vision from M1 was incredibly important for me too. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you do have to go for it. You can't sit on the sidelines if you know the right thing to do you know, you, you still have to take the action. I, I think that's kind of a, um, a recipe, I think, for success among anything you do. Did you guys make any mistakes along the way? Did you get any, buy any properties that turned out to be lemons or anything like that? <laughs> I, I won't comment on that. <laughs> I really, we've definitely made mistakes, but it's weird. I mean, say yes and figure it out. I, I truly, there are mistakes that we made that then ended up being 
amazing things, right? Like there are things that, you know, we had to pay cash for two properties that we've um, ended up settling on and we didn't want to pay cash, but it was cool because then we could put some money into it and spend a little bit more cash and then do the cash out refi, which ended up allowing us to go get more money to do it again. And those were like, they were things that were like, oh, this is going to be bad. That was stupid. And then it turned out to be the best thing. So it's really weird, but you know, I, I mean, things yeah. always worked out. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> I want to comment on that too, Rock, just because like, this is where I, I know you say this all the time, but it's all about, you know, what's the positive here? Or um, what what's the good in this situation? I mean, there have been so many things we replaced a sewer line on one of our rentals, it was $9,000. A lot of people I think would have looked at that and said, I'm not cut out for this. Um, this sucks. I quit. And we've purchased places from people like that. But I think, again, going back to that that vision of, you know, every time we clean our shower and our Airbnb, I think about that as I am washing toward financial freedom. I don't like cleaning my shower. I don't like vacuuming my rentals. Um, I, half the things we do are inconveniences. But again, if you have that longer term view of why you're doing it, and every time I do clean that bathroom, I'm $100 closer to financial freedom. I think that's re what really makes the difference. But again, you got to scope that out and have the vision for it. Beautiful. I love that. How much would you say <clears throat> some of the, you know, some of the rules or some of the sayings, like I hear you throwing them out there, like, you know what, say yes, figure it out later. You know, what's great about this. Yep. How much of those the, did those become kind of like your, your internal coaches, right? You're like, okay, we're going through this tough thing, got to pay cash, but you know what? Say yes, figure it out later. We got this, we got this. Was that valuable as you were navigating through the growth you experienced? Yeah, and just, I mean, honestly, I feel like I hear your voice so often um, in my head, which is so funny, but I, um, I, yeah, they're, they become mantras, right? Like they are, they have what have gotten us through things. I mean, and, and here's the thing, we gave you two examples. I mean, we bought a property and they were like, you know, they were going to make an example out of us. And they were, the township's like, hey, you're going to put sprinkler system in it. We were like, oh, like, what is seven? That's seven grand. What? <laughs> like, but we're holding the property. So I know we're going to be making money later. And, and, you know, those are the things that you have taught me, or I had people steal from me, right? Steal my content and, 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 rip off my models and you know you were right there saying but they're not you and i, I gotta tell you it, it really has it's become our identity it you have helped us reframe almost every situation and um yeah that's i'm super thankful for it yeah awesome steve you want to add to that yeah. I'll just comment. I mean, it's all about how you frame things and, and like that. We all know that, but like when you're actually in it, doing it, that's when it's hard. Right. Um, you know, but then, then they become fun stories you can talk about later. Like the first uh, rental property we bought, like we were not prepared for any of this stuff, but like we laugh about that. Now we literally had uh, 12 foot baseboards hanging out of our SUV in our first place. And we're like, what the hell are we doing? We're like freaking idiots. We don't know what we're doing here. But again, we figured it out and it, it was fun. Like this doesn't have to always be just work and pain. Like that's part of the fun of growing and, and doing new things too. So you really do have to, I think having the mindset part of it is so important because you just calculate your wins and losses in a totally different way. Yeah. 
Beautiful. A couple more questions. We'll wrap it up. Um, <clears throat> is there any one or two people you met in the tribe where you're like, I would have never have met this person and they, they impacted your life? Yeah. So many. Do you want to go first? Yeah. I mean, I, I think so many people, um, my pod that I actually ran as kind of an M1 facilitator at one time, they were really mm -hmm. amazing. Um, ben Hawk, and um, George, there were so many awesome people that are still in the tribe that are just phenomenal. Uh, the, the two people that kind of really opened my eyes, obviously Rocky were instrumental from the beginning and still, but um, I really loved Nick Spade. Nick Spade is still in the tribe as well. He just really opened my mind to how could I get started? He gave me like just one little saying of what to look for in an investment property is like, I can do that. And that led to our first investment property. Uh, another guy, Mike Lambert, like still, man, this guy is helping me make money um, in the stock market. Uh, but just like little things he had to say, uh, there were little gems there. But those two guys really, I think, you know, from like literally bottom line, looking at my bank account. <clears> I used to look at and how about that Disney stock doing for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> still have it? That was, I still do. Yeah. That was one I almost got in trouble with, with my wife. That was I know. A, a COVID purchase that I was like, Hey honey, I might've put 15 grand into the market. Uh, but she forgave me once it came back up a little bit. He's looking like a stud now, isn't he Lindsay? Uh, yes. But, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's pretty close to double, if not more. It is yeah, double. it did double. I think it's down a little bit right now, but yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Great job, buddy. Great job. Yeah. Did you, want to and you know what? That and that again is you know you have to you have to grab your balls, and make a decision, and go for it. But you have the courage to do it because when everybody's running for the exits, you know you know that it's a good time to buy, and you did it. I remember having a brief conversation with you, and I think that's just sometimes you need that one or two people you can reflect with, and go in and make it happen. So super proud of right. you on that one, yeah. Lindsay. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I have met. There's so many people that I could name here. Um, my pods, uh, the pods that I was involved in were very instrumental. You know, Steph Wu and Kelly Resendez and Jay Perry and um, Gabby and Christine. I mean, that has been really huge for me. Um, but I would also say, you know, Mark, being able to meet Mark Yegi and being able to meet Ned and, you know, Jeff Cohn and, um, you know, just speakers, people that you brought into the tribe, especially when we went to Mexico and Montreal and, um, you know, Annette was a part of that. Like, I just, there have been, there's been so much that I've learned, Marcos, like, uh, from every single one of those people, but then just people within the tribe, you know, like I, you know, Ian Lobis and I have become friends and, and talk regularly and, you know, yeah. Mike's erosion. And I mean, just so many people that are doing so many amazing things, mostly because they came into contact with M1 and you and have taken it to the next level. But I mean, I remember just being in Mexico, literally planting myself in the pool or in the hot tub, which is probably not good to be there all day, but I like would just sit there so that anytime anybody came in, I could just sit and talk and like gain as much as I could and take as much away from them as I could. I would just ask tons of questions. It was just, it's amazing to be able to do that and to reach out to all of you guys and ask you questions still. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you guys are fantastic students and you're great teachers as well. When you joined M1, what was your approximate net worth and what is it approximately today? <laughs> That's a great question. We actually need to do our one sheet again because we're, I mean, I'm sure we're over the 2 million mark at this point. Um, wow. 
Yeah. So, and I need, we need cool. to do it. Um, we haven't filled it out for this year yet, but we're still in January. So I think it's okay. Um, but I, you know, we started when I first started, I was around 400,000. Oh, we got a little human behind us. Sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, I 400,000 and then went up to the million mark. And I think, I think we're over two. Um, but I'll, We'll get back. Yeah, up, update that. I'd love to know, Steve. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, you know, definitely we were in the 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 four to five hundreds, and again, that's where we felt like we should be, right? Like we define a lot of things just culturally. Okay, yeah. we have a house. We sort of have this little business, and you know, the pension thing that I'm going to think about someday. Uh, but yeah, I mean, especially in the past two years, we've just seen it, you know, really increase as we continue to get more confident in what we're doing too. Yeah, exactly. So um, I want to thank you guys so much for dropping by on Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life, where we are committed to help people become whole life millionaires like yourself, improve their health, improve their communication with their, their family and friends. And you guys are sitting in this beautiful beach house that uh, you made happen from the actions you took. And um, we're just so grateful that you guys embodied it as a couple. Uh, Lindsay, you started first and then Steve jumped in. Last question, what was it like and what would you say to people that maybe are couples uh, considering the opportunity of going down the path you went? Yeah, you want me to go first on this one? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think really everybody is kind of on their own journey and it, you know, especially cause Lindsay started first, I, I saw some of the changes, but then, you know, again, when you're leaving security, even if you're someone that likes risk and I do feel like I am, it was unsettling. You know what I mean? I, she was gaining these new relationships. She was getting this, this new perspective on things. And I literally saw her body changing, right? She's losing all this weight. Um, I, I think as a couple, like, you know, you just have to really have that deep trust for each other and that love of their journey, I think is so important and realizing that your journey is different than theirs and having that respect for Lindsay's path, I think has made me a strong man for her, but also just a strong leader and complimenting her in different ways because she has incredible talents that I don't have. And I like to think I have some that she doesn't have, but um, I think that's been really important to us is just to have that trust with each other and let each other go, you know, like, if she really would hate me for the stocks, I wouldn't have done it. I knew that like she was going to be okay with it. Like she might be pissed a little bit, but she was going to be okay with it. Cause that's what I like to do. And I just think, you know, we, that trust that we have for each other, even when we're exploring new things has made us a powerful couple. I think. I think for me, rock, um, you know, when I started going on this journey, I was, pl I was plugging into, and we had plugged into Tony Robbins a little bit in some of that world. I will tell you that, you know, I watched over and over again, people posting on, on their Facebook groups and things saying that their relationship was falling apart because one person went into, you know, personal development and the other one didn't. And um, so honestly, I, I'm grateful that he joined and, and really went down this path um, with me because I've seen it go the opposite direction there. Um, I believe that this is something that everybody should do together um, as a couple. I, I truly believe that and that you have to allow each person to grow, right? He made it possible for me to go on some of those trips, right? Staying home with the kids. 
I needed to do the same thing, right? There's a give and a take there as, as parents and, and just business owners. And um, so I feel like we've learned a lot through a lot of that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I would say just, you know, if you can do it together, I think it's really life-changing and that's when it, it really sparks something great in both of you guys. So, well, we're super proud of you guys and we love having you in the tribe and thank you both for your contributions. You're always so generous in what you do. And on top of that, you have a placement agency. You've helped me personally uh, get an assistant and now you're working on getting me another one. And so, you know, it's just a big, big expanded family and ecosystem based on trust and respect of which I have massive amounts for both of you. So thank you so much. And for those of you that are listening to this version of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life, just know that if you want more information, you can go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, get on a call with one of my coaches and discover where you're at and what your plan is to get your life to the next level. Maybe we can contribute to that, find out where you're at, what part of our system is gonna help you. So thanks for listening and final parting words, um, for me, you know, just don't be afraid to take the next step and have that conversation. Um, when rock, you know, I, I had the benefit of rock calling me to say he was launching the women's units to see if I wanted to be involved. I knew rock. I knew what he was doing. I, you know, I had been watching him for a while. And so I jumped at that opportunity. I didn't even, I didn't question it at all. I said, yes. Um, I would suggest that you say yes and figure it out later. Um, you will figure it out. And if you actually commit and do the homework and engage, um, it'll change your life. For me, very simple. Find a model, find a mentor, take calculated risks. Um, but I would do them in that order, actually. <laughs> Don't take the calculated risk before you have your model or your mentor. Um, you'll be a lot less likely to make mistakes when you have that, that right person or those right people behind you. Um, could be the difference of thousands, ten thousands of dollars or more. So, um, you know, that would be my advice. All right. Coming live from the beach house of the Sopranis, this has been Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.